had so much peace about it too. That was the biggest indicator that I knew that I was ready to move on was it felt right. It felt in alignment. It felt intentional. It felt like the purest and most sincere version of myself making that decision rather than a wounded and broken part of me. Hey there, you're listening to the Choosing to Heal podcast, where we ditch the small talk for real deep conversations about all that life has to offer. I'm your host, Monica Lee, and my goal is to share insights and tangible tips to help you maximize your potential and live a life full of intention and purpose. From mental, emotional, and physical wellness to relationships, faith, and business, the goal is always the same. We're choosing to heal, grow, and thrive each day. So grab a cup of coffee, get comfy, and let's chat. Hello and welcome back. Today, I'm going to be doing an Ask Me Anything episode, specifically around a topic that I've been getting questions about quite a bit, and that is in regards to divorce, dating, and just what life looks like in this season right now. How did I know when my marriage was finally over? What led me to that decision? So I'm going to be talking about that. And then another question I've been getting quite a bit is how I met my now partner and how I knew I was ready for another relationship. Dating after divorce, that's a big one. So we'll also be diving into that. And then finally, I'll just be giving you a glimpse behind the curtain at what life looks like these days with co-parenting and blended families and all of the things in between. So let's get right to it. Question number one, at what point did I realize that my relationship and my marriage was over and that I was ready to get a divorce? Um, So I kind of addressed this in episode five, which was, can people change? In that episode, I talked a lot about an epiphany that I had or a big awakening, an aha moment when I realized how much I was trying to control and change my ex-husband. And this was because I was attempting to get my needs met. I had entered the marriage at a really young age because I wanted to feel chosen. As I kind of did some work and some personal growth, I realized that I really had no idea what my core values were, what my needs were, what was important to me in a relationship. And so really the majority of our marriage was spent trying to just maintain that attachment because the thought of like the relationship ending or being alone or it not being right, like I I didn't even entertain that as an option. My whole goal was always to make the relationship work because I put a lot of identity and meaning into that, right? Like if my marriage fails and I'm a failure, or if this relationship works, then it means that I'm choosable. I'm lovable. If he chooses me, then I'm lovable. So once I woke up to the fact that I had brought a lot of baggage into the marriage and I started to unpack that baggage and what that meant, I realized that so much of my life, even outside of my marriage, was not built on anything authentic really at all. I spent the majority of my adult life trying to maintain this house of cards that I had built my identity on, right? Like who am I outside of a a wife, outside of a mother, outside of a top performer? Who am I? And I was trying to maintain those things at all costs because if I didn't, it would mean that I was a failure. 
once I realized that I had developed this pattern of really trying to control and change my husband in an attempt to get my needs met, I made the decision to let go of doing that. Let go of trying to get him to be the man that I wanted him to be and which allowed me to really see him for who he really was. I was able to see what choices he made, what his true self was when he wasn't just doing things because he wanted to avoid my criticism, when he wasn't just doing things to appease me. And I really got a chance to see his true character and who he was. You know, and a lot of our relationship was spent trying to make each other happy and trying to avoid rejection and trying to get one another to be who we wanted and needed each other to be. I talked about this again in episode five. When you stop trying to change and control someone, there's only two options. The two options are to either accept them as they are and decide, okay, I can live with this person, even in their shortcomings, even in their flaws, their patterns and their choices. I'm willing to sign up for it and go through this journey together and accept them. Or number two, your choice is to accept them as they are and decide, you know what? The person that you truly are isn't right for me. And that's okay because I'm not going to try to change you to be who I need or want you to be. That's really what led me to my realization or my decision that the relationship wasn't right for me anymore. It wasn't, it wasn't a result of this pain. It wasn't a result of me finally being fed up or anything negative like that. It truly was a result of healing and another layer of waking up and realizing that I had not been accepting him at all because of how much I was trying to get him to be the things that I wanted him to be. Divorce doesn't always have to be a result of you just like not loving someone anymore. In fact, I think that's why people stay in relationships for so long is because you think, well, divorce is for people who just like don't love each other anymore or who just like hate each other, they can't get along or whatever. And that's not necessarily the case. When I realized that the container of our relationship wasn't going to be what I needed any longer or, or even what he needed. And so I actually wrote him a letter and I was like, look, and I acknowledged my pattern of trying to change him. And I told him, I want to accept you. I want to relinquish this vice grip that I've had. And I'm so sorry that for so long I've tried to change you and to control you. This is why I did that. And I've realized that now and I'm so sorry. And moving forward in this next season of life, it's really important to me that I accept you as who you are. And because I accept you and I'm not willing to change you any longer, staying in this relationship and trying to control you to get my needs met isn't an option. And because that's not an option, it's time to step outside of the container of this relationship in love and as an act of respect for you and for myself and for our son as well. So the day that I finally made that decision, it really wasn't an enlightening experience for me. And maybe if you are listening to this, you know, have you ever had those moments where it's almost like transcendental, where it's like, oh my gosh, something finally hits you and you can't unknow it, like you can't unsee it. That's what it was like for me. 
And I had so much peace about it too. That was the biggest indicator that I knew that I was ready to move on was it felt right. It felt in alignment. It felt intentional. It felt like the purest and most sincere version of myself making that decision rather than a wounded and broken part of me. And that's something that's to this day very important is to make sure I'm acting in alignment with who my authentic self is, not a reaction, not an unconscious acting out pattern or anything like that. And so that's how I knew. That's how I arrived at that decision. So the next common question I've been getting since I shared that I am in a new relationship is, well, how did you meet this guy? And how did you know you were ready for another relationship? You know, like dating after divorce, it feels like this big, scary thing. And I've also been getting a lot of DMs about that. Like, how would you even begin to start dating again, you know, after divorce, especially if you're a mom, a parent, a single parent with kids? Of course, it requires an extra level of caution and intentionality when you have kids, of course. So this is actually a very interesting story that I'm excited to share with you. The way that I met my partner, Joshua, was not very typical. And here's why. As soon as I made the decision to end my marriage, the first thing that I did was I got to work. I wanted to make sure that if I was going to make such a big decision like this, like starting over, ending my marriage, especially, you know, the fact that I am a mom now, I did not want to get into another relationship just to repeat the same patterns, just to act out the same old wounds. And so because that was such a huge fear is to end a relationship just to, you know, start all over with someone and find out you're in the exact same relationship, you know, and that happens frequently. Well, why does that happen? Because you don't do the work. And because we think that the external circumstance, i.e. the person that you're with, is going to be the difference. Well, really, what's going to make the biggest difference in one relationship to the next is you. You are the common variable there. And so I did not (laughs) want to go back out into the dating world before I figured my own stuff out. (laughs) So I bought a bunch of courses, online courses. There's so many great courses out there on, you know, just how to do the work, just in especially like healing patterns in your relationships, etc. I downloaded a workbook on core values. That's how I based the free workbook that I have, the free core values exercise. It's like a mini version of the work that I did right after I decided that I wanted a divorce. And I will link that in the show notes if you haven't already gotten a chance to download it from the other episode. So yeah, I I wanted to dig deep and find out, okay, if I didn't know what my core values were when I got into this relationship, I sure am going to figure them out so that when I meet whoever, we can have a conversation about it. And this can be built on a foundation of shared core values so that the relationship can be compatible, so that there is a chance of us actually being able to meet each other's needs without having to manipulate each other or change into someone that we're not. And so I did a lot of journaling. I continued to go to therapy to work out all of these things. 
And as I did this work, something else that I realized was that I had a clear pattern of getting into relationships out of wanting to feel chosen. Like that was the most important thing to me. And as I looked back at my dating history, like I'm talking through high school all the way through, you know, when I met my husband, the common theme was that none of these men really had much in common other than the fact that I attached myself to them so quickly. And then it was all about getting them to choose me. I ended up in a lot of quote unquote relationships or dated people, you know, when I was younger with men who weren't emotionally available. They were the ones you were chasing that didn't return your phone calls, that didn't show much of an interest in you. Like those were the men that I was attracted to. And it finally hit me how I ended up in relationships with that type of person is because I saw it and I I wasn't conscious of this, of course, but to me, it was like, if I can convince this person who isn't showing an interest in me, if I can get them to like me and I can get them to pursue me or choose me, it means that I'm worth something. It means that I am so important. I'm so valuable. I am so lovable that I can turn this person who isn't giving me the light of day now. I can be so influential that I can get them to like me. I can get them to choose me. And so that to me was the ultimate form of validation. And that's how I ended up in these relationships or with these people who were really unavailable. The sad part about that is they weren't choosing me for the right reason. And so all that to say, when I started doing this work, I wanted to make sure that when I went out into the dating world again as a now 32-year-old grown woman, divorced woman, mom, that I wasn't going out trying to get these unavailable men to choose me again. I had never successfully done that. That was literally like my entire MO with men was getting them to choose me. And the way that I would get them to choose me is by manipulating myself and changing myself like a chameleon to be the person I thought they wanted because that's how they would choose me. So if I thought that they were into, you know, someone who wasn't too needy, then I would deny my needs and I wouldn't text them first and I would let them call me and I would let them treat me however they wanted because I was so desperate to feel chosen by them. And I did not want to do that again. And so I decided to give myself a homework assignment <laughs> to really put myself to the test and make sure I didn't repeat this. And how I did that was I decided, okay, I'm going to go create a dating profile, not with the intention to meet someone, but with the intention to test myself. I want to make sure that I am able to have conversations with men without trying to get them to choose me. I want to test myself to see that when someone shows an interest in me, can I still show up as myself, who I am authentically, be completely honest, completely transparent and vulnerable with them, regardless of whether they like it, regardless of whether I'm their type, regardless of whether that means they're going to change their mind about me. That doesn't matter. All that matters is that I am true to myself, that I am authentic because if 
it is not compatible when I am showing up authentically, that is going to be my indicator that this relationship is not right for me. I was kind of nervous to do it, to be honest, because old patterns die hard. You know what I mean? It's like, that's why the the saying goes like, you can't teach a dog new tricks. Well, you can, but it's going to, you know, take a little bit for them to figure it out. And so that was my, my practice really was when that bait is there and that fruit is right in front of you, like, oh my gosh, someone's someone seems interested in me. It's like that urge to want to get them to choose you is still going to be there. At least it was for me. So here is what I didn't expect to happen. So I created this dating profile, which by the way, I'm going to do a completely different episode on this because I have so much to say about dating apps and just dating in general. And there's so many things to talk about, right? Between like, All the stuff out there between like how the heck to navigate that world is crazy, crazy. But something that was important before I even started talking to people was how I wanted to put myself out there in the form of like a dating profile. Like, how do you summarize yourself in like, you know, three paragraphs or less or in these like corny prompts? But something I think this is so funny. I don't know why. Something I put on my profile was, Impress me with your self-awareness, not your selfies. (laughs) I think that's so funny and so good because here's the thing. I didn't want to waste my time having conversations with people who didn't value self-awareness, who didn't value the same thing. So that was like the, the first step that I did to make sure that I was attracting the right people and repelling the wrong ones. And again, this is where that core values activity came in handy was I knew now what my non-negotiables were. I knew that I wanted to be in a relationship with someone who had done work, who was self-aware, who had been to therapy, who had learned their lessons and took accountability for their own stuff so that, you know, I'm not repeating these unconscious patterns with someone or trying to grow with someone who doesn't speak that language. It's just not going to be compatible. It's not what I'm looking for in a relationship. And so by putting that on my profile, I knew that if like, you know, some guy came along with a shirtless selfie, like, I don't care what you look like if you can't tell me about what your, you know, childhood trauma is and what work you've done to heal it. So from the get go, I made very clear just in my profile who I was, what I was about, what was important to me, what I was looking for so that I wasn't having conversations with people who weren't going to be you know, we weren't going to be compatible. So here's what happened. And this is, I mean, I really don't have any other words for it except to say it was a total God thing. The very first conversation I had was with Joshua, the man that I'm with now. And like I told you, I was like ready. I was like, okay, let's do this. Roll up my sleeves. It's practice time. Let's have this real talk. Like the way that you and I talk on this podcast, that's how I wanted to be able to talk to these men. Not like, you know, this perfectly packaged, curated version of myself. Like, okay, you want to talk? I'm going to tell you that I'm in the process of going through a divorce. Here is my story. Here's all my trauma. Here's the stuff I'm working on. Here's the stuff that I'm still struggling with. What's your story? And so I was, I was completely honest. I was like, hey, how's it going? To be completely honest, here's why I'm on this app. It's because I'm in the process of going through a divorce. Here's how I realized that I was ready for divorce. I realized that I was, you know, trying to change him into being someone. And I 
all the things that I just shared with you. And I said, I'm actually on here to see if I'm capable of showing up and having an authentic conversation with someone without trying to get men to choose me. I literally said that to him in our first conversation. Typically, when you go on your first date, that's not the kind of conversation that you have. But I'm I'm sorry, I wasn't interested in talking about the weather or what your favorite color is or, you know, what your type is. So anyway, here I was having this conversation and I was like, just so proud of myself. I was like, yeah, I'm doing it. Like, and I'm not really caring. Like, he's probably going to think I'm crazy or like too much because that's what, you know, guys always said about me. just too much. It's like, or at least that's a lie that I believed about myself was that I was too much. Like I can't let too much of my crazy show. I can't let too much of my emotions show because then they'll start to reject me. That was the pattern I had lived out my whole life. So I was so excited because I'm like, who tells someone on a dating app that they're like going through a divorce and like, about like all the stuff that they're bringing and like that they're on here just to test themselves. What I didn't expect was the response that I got back to me being so open and so vulnerable and so transparent and so raw with this stranger. And I learned that he was a divorced dad of three. You're the exact same age. We had been married the exact same length of time. And we both decided that it was time to move on from our relationship for similar reasons. And everything that I was sharing with him, he was able to empathize with, have compassion for, relate to. And all of a sudden, this test conversation I was having with myself turned into this very vulnerable, raw, real conversation with someone who like actually got it, like who saw me, the real me, the season that I was in, brokenness and all, like the full everything, nothing held back. It was so refreshing to both of us. And he responded by sharing in the same way. He took that as permission for him to be vulnerable with me And so the both of us were able to have this conversation that neither one of us had ever experienced before with someone. And we're like, oh my gosh, the ability to have conversations like this and to be so honest and raw and feel accepted and seen, this is what's been missing. Having this conversation where we both peeled back the layers and we laid it all out there and we were like, this is who I am. This is my story. This is where I've been. This is what I've learned. And this is who I am now. And then the both of us got to decide like, wow, I can accept that, you know, or like, not only do I accept that, like, how amazing is that? Like, how amazing is this person in front of me who is willing to lay it all out there, bear their soul? And it showed me that we were able to have this conversation with such a high level of true intimacy. So that night we ended up chatting for, gosh, three, four hours, having this really, really deep conversation about the lessons that we learned from our first marriage. And not just that, I wanted to know, and this was part of my work too, I jotted down literally in a journal. I was like, this person, whoever he is, needs to be able to tell me the junk that he brought 
into his marriage. Like if red flag number one, if he starts telling me all the ways that his ex-wife was like, you know, awful and she's the reason the relationship ended, like that's just like red flag no more. And not to say that, you know, of course there's two people in a relationship, but I'm not interested in someone who's only going to shine a light on someone else's shortcomings. I'm more interested in how you can take accountability for the role that you played and the lessons that you learned for yourself instead of just throwing someone else under the bus and deciding that that's the reason that it failed. And so both of us that night, that's exactly what we talked about. We shared the painful truths that we learned through those relationships. We were honest about ourselves and what we learned from them. And we were able to relate and talk about our fears. And I shared with him like the fears that I had about going through the divorce process, like why it took me so long and how like proud I was that I finally got to a place where I was confident enough or, you know, I I decided that I was going to have faith in the future rather than fear it, like stop focusing on all the things that could go wrong, like being alone for the rest of my life. And like, you know, there's got to be more out there for me. And in him was mirrored back this person who had made that same decision and valued the same things that I did just from this like simple conversation. Here's the other beautiful thing. The best part about dating after divorce and especially dating other divorced people is you each have the opportunity to get the better version of each other, like version 2.0, specifically if you each have done your work. And that's because you just can't walk away from a marriage, a commitment like that. You can't make the decision to divorce and start a new relationship without going through some heavy emotional lifting and processing. And I wholeheartedly believe that he is getting the better version of me. And I know that I'm getting the better version of himself. And our marriages were kind of like, you know, the figuring it out season. I mean, truly. But from that, we learned so much about ourselves. We learned so much about how to be in relationship, how not to be in relationship, what we value, what is important. And now we get to take all those lessons and apply them in this new gift of a relationship. That is how divorce doesn't have to be the end. You know, what if it isn't an ending and it's a completely new beginning? And that's really what it has been for me, truly, and for him. And so the reason I say it was a God thing is because I wholeheartedly believe that God knew what it is that I needed for the entirety of my life. He was just waiting for me to let go of that control and let go of trying to force a square peg into a round hole. And that conversation with Joshua, it was as if God was like, finally, Monica, I have been waiting to give you this gift, the desires of your heart, everything that you didn't even know that you wanted or needed. It is right here waiting for you. I was just waiting for you to let go and surrender. So that is how I met Joshua. And man, what a difference it made knowing that our relationship was built from the very beginning, very first conversation on this foundation of true transparency, true authenticity, core values, 
complete honesty where we were both willing to be vulnerable, both willing to share it all, risk it all, even if that meant rejection, even if that meant it wasn't going to work. And speaking of things not being able to work, unfortunately, when I met him and I realized he lived in a different state, he lived in Georgia, I lived in Louisiana. It was kind of this like bittersweet thing because it's like we've finally found this precious thing that we had never experienced before, but we didn't think it would ever work because we were both parents. We both had co-parents to consider. So that was like big elephant in the room number one. And then the second obstacle was like, I did not intend to go out and get into another relationship quickly at all. In fact, that was like my worst fear. Here he was right in front of me, but the timing was all wrong. The last thing that I wanted to do was say, hi, everyone, I'm getting a divorce. And also like, here's my new boyfriend. And so I had to wrestle through the fear of what the people close to me would think, specifically my best friends, even my therapist. I was so afraid to tell them that I had met this man, even though they knew that I was doing the work. I shared that with them. You know, they were a part of, of my divorce process and all of my thinking and my decision making and my processing. Like they knew all of it. And I was so afraid to share with them because a thought of somebody else looking at me and going, Monica, what are you doing? The last thing that I wanted was for somebody else to think that I was jumping into a new relationship. I didn't want anyone to think that I was just like, oh, look at her. She's just jumping back in. She's going to repeat the same patterns. And that fear was real. Let me tell you. So real that it paralyzed me from showing up authentically to those closest with me. So it was like, I was struggling and wrestling with these two lessons at the same time. It was like, on one hand, I was so excited that I had found all of these qualities in another person that I I knew was exactly what I was looking for. And on the other hand, I was still wrestling with that and healing from that need for other people's approval. Like, what is society going to think? What are people going to say if they find out? What is my former husband going to say? He's totally going to think that I left him to be with this other guy or whatever, you know, like all of these fears. And so very, very quickly, this beautiful gift turned into so much fear, not just fear of what other people are going to think, but fear of like being hurt because he lives in this other state. How is it ever going to work out? Like, I don't want to invest so much of myself only to be heartbroken. So what do we do? Do we detach ourselves to prevent ourselves from being hurt or do we embrace it for what it is and kind of just enjoy this gift in the parameters and the container of like the reality of what it is um, and do the long distance thing? Fast forward a little bit. How did this all work with my former husband co-parenting and all of that stuff? Months went by and I, it was time to tell my former husband that I had met someone because it was getting very serious. When I told Josh, I was so nervous because I didn't want him to think that I just like went out and replaced him. I was still like mindful of his feelings, but I also like more than anything did not want to feel judged. So when I told him, I I really made sure to lead with Jasper being the primary focus in that 
you know, hey, I just want to let you know I met someone, but I want to emphasize that my relationship with you and our co-parenting relationship is still like of utmost importance to me. I always want to be like mindful and respectful. And that's why I'm sharing this with you. And so I approached him with just reassuring him, making sure that he had a place to share if there was anything that came up for him. I expected the worst, to be perfectly honest. But to my complete surprise and to this day, that man, I cannot give him anything but kudos to just how he has adapted and given me benefit of the doubt. And we've been able to communicate and respect each other. When I told him, he could have very easily responded in so many other ways than how he did. He could have just like judged me and lashed out at me or, or like, you know, accused me of replacing him or being like, you know, jumping back into another relationship or all my worst fears. Like, of course, you know, he could, could have done that. He could have made it about him and his feelings. And there's so many ways <laughs> that this conversation could have gone. But instead, he actually responded by cracking a joke about it. But to kind of like give you a picture of how it's been the day that my former husband, Josh, met my current partner, Joshua. Yes, funny. They have the same name. I know. So ironic, right? The day that he met him for the first time, I opened the door and he was there, I think, to like drop Jasper off or pick him up. And he said, I brought Joshua a bowl of gumbo. And ever since then... We have been sitting together at piano recitals in the same row. That Thanksgiving, I still cooked the turkey for the Arcee family. Joshua was there. Um, we spent Halloween together. It's very simple. Josh and I want what's best for Jasper. And we want to maintain a positive environment where he receives the most love as possible. There is no animosity. He knows that he is the most important thing. The outcome of this divorce and just what our relationship looks like today, I never in a million years could have painted this picture. And it continues to shock me. So fast forward, I actually have not shared about this. This is the very first time I've openly spoken about this, but I actually live in Georgia now. Jasper and I live in Georgia. So that elephant in the room, that dream that never felt possible. Because the only way it would ever happen is if all parents were on the same page, which seemed like impossible. Like, why would, he, why would that, how could that ever happen? And I grieved and I cried so many tears over this, guys, because it felt like cruel that I had found this amazing thing only for like the circumstances to not work out. But all I could do was talk to Josh, share, and let go of the outcome. And that's exactly what I did. You know, when things started getting serious between Joshua and I, I went to Josh and I told him, you know, that things were getting serious and that I would, I would very much like to spend my life with this person, that it was so positive for Jasper to have the kids around and have siblings. That's something that actually Josh really appreciated about this new relationship is that it came with siblings for Jasper and of course, when I shared this with him initially, he had a lot of fears and I made sure to go into that conversation 
validating and reassuring every single one of those fears. You know, it wasn't like a, hey, I intend to move to Georgia, whether you like it or not, which A, that wouldn't even be possible anyway, nor would I ever want to. But I told him, look, you are his dad. I am never going to put you in a situation where I'm going to rip Jasper out of your life. However, this is my desire. I would love this. I don't know how that is even possible. I haven't thought about any details. I haven't tried to figure this out without you. All I would like to do is open up a conversation and plant the seed and let you know that this is something that's important to me. While also reminding you that if that's even a solution, if that's ever going to be a possibility, that you are going to be an equal role in making this decision. This is never something that I would ever do without you, decide without you, and just thank you for letting me open the floor to to have a dialogue. And as you can imagine, of course, he had reservations and fears being triggered and you know, meaning being made about like what that might mean for him as a dad and all of these things that are totally normal that would come up for anyone. And so we just started there and, you know, there was no decision made during that first conversation and I just let it sit. And on his own, he told me that, you know, he'd like to, to take a trip to Georgia just to see the area, to spend more time with the kids. And a few months ago, he did exactly that. He came and the seven of us spent the weekend together. During that trip that he made here, he said, you know, when I come visit, I think I'd like to see the college in Atlanta because when I'm done with school, who knows, maybe I can consider like looking into school there, finishing school there, getting a job there, which completely blew me back. And again, I will never stop giving him kudos. He ended up agreeing and saying, you know, I really like the idea of Jasper going to school and living in a home with siblings so he doesn't come home and just play his tablet, you know, and he saw how great the kids were together and he was able to take his stuff out of it and I mean, I don't know how I'll ever be able to truly put into words how much that means to me. But I'll just wrap this up with the most recent update, which is this summer, we permanently made the move to Georgia so that Jasper will be going to school here with the other kids in the fall. And to my complete surprise, without me even asking, I got a text from him that said, tell that boy that I'm going to be with him on Halloween trick-or-treating. We just scheduled a moving company and I will be moving there in October. So to wrap this all up, to look back at this, guys, the journey, and to think that I thought divorce was the end. I couldn't possibly see an outcome where there was any good to come from divorce, you know, to finally accepting and making the choice to say, you know what, maybe there's more. Maybe there's something to gain more than there is to lose. To finding the courage to making that decision, to being so afraid of going back out there in the dating world, navigating that fear to then the excitement of finding someone to the roller coaster of like, oh gosh, well, it's never going to work because of co-parenting, living in different states to deciding, you know what, let's try anyway, to dealing with the fear of people judging me, not even wanting to tell my therapist to, okay, I told them that was really hard. That was a huge lesson in showing up authentically. Okay, moving forward to, oh gosh, this is getting serious. Now I have to tell my ex, what is that going to mean? What is that going to look like? To the pleasant surprise of how that has been and how he's completely accepted it. And we've 
blended families spent holidays together, events together to, oh gosh, how is this going to work for the rest of our life? Like the only way this is going to work is if we move. How is that possibly going to happen to, I can't tell you how many tears I cried just thinking there's no way. There's no way. It's like I finally found everything that I wanted and it's going to be like literally a carrot dangled in front of me, something I can never have. To all of those nights and those tears being shed to having to bring up that conversation with Josh and, you know, all those fears and navigating his experience around it and making room for him to letting go of the outcome and surrendering the outcome and being in limbo and not knowing what my future is going to look like to then seeing all of this unfold from him warming up to the idea to him saying, okay, yes, you can move to Georgia to now knowing that in just a couple months, he will be here in Georgia too. And all of us will have started this new life individually yet together, yet on the same page, all with the best interest of Jasper at heart. I just have no words. This is not ever how I thought my life would look, but it is the biggest blessing and I could not be happier in this season. So yeah, that is what life has looked like (laughs) since I made the decision to divorce and it has been completely unexpected and definitely hard, beyond hard and difficult at times, not easy at all. But I will tell you that it has been nothing but a gift. All of the lessons learned from those hard things along the way, stumbling through, figuring out how to have these difficult conversations to navigating these ever-evolving relationships to co-parenting, figuring out the dating world, figuring out blending families and all of these things. It's like, gosh, it can feel like you're in a hurricane, like a tornado at times, just with how like unsettling and unstable and just new everything feels all at once. And yet it's just like such an exciting and gift of an adventure all at the same time too. I guess to to finish this off, my uh, words of encouragement for the day are just consider the alternatives, the things that seem like they could be the worst thing in the world. What if they were the biggest blessings? What if the endings didn't have to be only endings? What if they're also a new beginning? What if instead of focusing on all there is to lose, you instead focused on all there is to gain? Hey again, thanks for listening. You made it all the way to the end, which makes you one of my favorite people. If you can think of anyone who would benefit from listening to this episode, it would mean the world if you'd either send it to them directly or share about it on social media. Ratings and reviews are the absolute best way you can support the podcast and keep the content coming. So make sure to subscribe and leave some love while you're at it. You can find me on all of the social platforms at Monica Lee blog and follow the podcast at choosing to heal. Thanks again. And I'll see you next time.